<laughs> that seems to go on longer and longer every time. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Not Near Kingdom. Do talk, real men, manly talk. It's amazing. It's a lot of fun. It's like, subscribe, so- share, uh, share, share, <laughs> share. We need all the help we can get. That thirty-five seconds in, we're already like. <laughs> That's the new short for this week. <laughs> Pocket sand. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Jared. Say something stupid. Say, lean into your mic and say, no. No. There we go. That's some good reverb to it. All right. Uh, viewer question. Let's start. Let's change this up a little bit. Start off a little different today before we dive into tribulation. Got a question. It says a local church split off from its regional branch because one of the heads of a department, I think it was accounting is what they said, but... Um, the leader of that department is actually is actively a homosexual, but we but I thought we weren't supposed to judge. Was that the right thing to do for that church? And go yes, yes. What was the end of the question? Was that the right thing for that church to do? So was it right for that local <laughs> church to break? Oh, I hate that already. <laughs> that was survey really says. <laughs> yeah so yes and in, in a short answer and you guys can dive into it but yes it was the right thing to do if yeah, 100%. i mean there's steps to take mm-hmm. they could be removed if the main branch said no he's not being removed or she's not being removed so with not having a whole lot of context we don't know if that was the first step they did or or what but i, I think ultimately even if you go through the, the first second and third step that's the decision you have to make mm-hmm. because I think your key word was actively living in homosexuality. Yeah. So that's, that's sin. And so it's no different from actively living in adultery. It's no different from actively living with an addiction that's harming your, yourself, your body mm-hmm. uh, or, or your family members. It's sin. So I believe if someone is actively not changing their sin, they're not truly living for the Lord. If you ask me. Why? Yes. And what's your reference? I I agree with you, but where where can we find the resolve for this through scriptural reference? Well, you put me on the spot there, but there's plenty <laughs> plenty of scriptural <laughs> reference that says that when we when we come and and ask the Holy Spirit to live in us, ask Jesus to live in our heart, that we are uh, supposed to strive to be Christ-like and, and try not to sin. We're, we're human, we're going to fall, and we're going to deal with things, but you're not living a life of it's okay to sin because of grace. Mm-hmm. Grace is is very effective, and I love the grace message, but you have to use grace the right way with repentance in your heart. That's where grace comes in. You just can't actively live in sin and say, I'm okay because I'll ask forgiveness tomorrow. Grace gets abused when... Mm-hmm you um, continue to do the same sin over and over again that, that the blood is already covered. And the blood will continue to cover you if, if, if there's the, the right heart of repentance. But continuing living in that same sin, it becomes an abuse of grace. Well, Paul talked about it. Should we, uh, I forget which, which church he was writing his letter to, where they were asking, hey, should we sin just for the sake so there's more grace to be abound? Absolutely not. Right. There's a lot of stuff Paul talks about. I'm trying to find some of those references. Hebrews 12:4 says, "Ye have not, ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. After all, you have not given your lives 
in your struggle against sin. So when you give into the blood and you ask the blood to forgive you and cleanse you and wash you, mm-hmm. you know, wash you pure again, you have to now strive against the struggle to sin because sin is ever present. We, we live in a world of sin. Well, what this really, what, what, what we're talking about a little bit, what it really kind of comes down to is the watered down message of where our position is um, mm-hmm. because of Jesus. And um, because because of accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our, our spirits have been recreated to something new, something that's never existed before. And we are no longer bound by sin. We are above sin. And we have the ability to um, bind sin and, and cast it out and, yeah. and, and not follow that sinful path because we're above it. Well, I think it gets down to the point is the, the abusing of grace is, have you re, have you asked for forgiveness and repented and it's still a struggle for you hey you may be you may have a hang up you may have a habit that that's that's not good but you're feeling conviction over it once that conviction goes away you've completely abused you're abusing grace i think as long as you get up and you're struggling and you're fighting because mm-hmm. like you said we're going to sin and typically i think with everyone has their own kind of little niche that they fall into of what affects them and their personalities are different mm, excuse me so it's a it's a foundational thing too. Whenever we become believers, it's a, it's a heart issue. If we become believers and are taking advantage of the good stuff of our faith without also taking the things that are correcting us and refining us and making us renewed day in and day out, then what is our faith? Are we our God or is God our God? Yep. And uh, I'll talk about the section of scripture where. Um, <clears throat> I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is no longer for I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me. So this is Paul's, this section of scripture is amazing. And it's so confusing when you listen to it, but it it talks about the human condition and how we constantly struggle with sin. Everybody goes through it. But the authority of the scripture and the disposition of the spirit within us should be refining us. But if we relegate ourselves to being controlled by our sinful nature, then we're going to silence that Holy Spirit within us. It almost sounds like Yoda wrote that. Palda. <laughs> Palda. Palda. Well, well one, one of the things, too, and is that the Holy Spirit, once once you're saved and born again, the Holy Spirit will um, convict you right. of, of sin that you're doing. If you continue to ignore that sin, then your heart becomes calloused, and you, you lose the sense and the feeling of that. <coughs> then comes um, chastisement. Judgment and judgment, and you don't want to be judged. Like chastisement is, is God literally like whipping you, and and disciplining you for for mm-hmm. continuing down that path, and which and is it, love, it, which is love, it's absolutely love. And, and in some cases, when when in the Bible, I think we were talking a little bit before we start recording that's in Matthew that if if you have a grievance against an, another believer, you're supposed to talk to them privately. And 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 have have that conversation about what they're doing that that is against the word of God, 
if that doesn't work, you bring a couple people in. And if that doesn't work, then you bring the church in to, to be able to have that, that discipline, have that conversation. And that's essentially what the steps are with, with God is you've, you've got the Holy Spirit convicting, which is like a one-on-one, then your, your heart becomes callous. Then you don't feel it anymore. Then it's the, um, then it's God chastising you and disciplining you. And at the end, it's judgment, which is which is bad. Life starts going. Yeah, I'll go ahead and read that scripture verse so we can have. It's called the title of it is restoring a brother, and this is this is something that a lot of Christians and non Christians always want to say about sin. Mm-hmm. You can't judge me. Only God can judge me. Oh yeah, you're correct. You know, Christians aren't to judge people because ultimately the word judge means where we would be telling you where your ultimate landing places but this is talking about judging a brother or sister in christ we have that opportunity we have that ability or authority to do so if we're doing it in love and following these steps because it's biblical so matthew chapter 18 verse 15 through 20 says if your brother sins against you go and rebuke him in private if he listens to you you have won your brother But if you won't listen, take one or two others with you, so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. If he does not pay attention to them, tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention to even the church, let him be like the Gentile and a tax collector to you. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two two of you on earth agree about any matter that you pray for it, it will be done for you by the Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am going to be there among them. So it's another mis- misunderstood used uh, as verse. Well. Yeah, misused. Um, I, although I do agree where people are gathered in the name of Jesus, Jesus is present because Jesus is everywhere no matter what. Right. But this 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 part where two or more are gathered, Jesus is in the midst, it's, it's specifically talking about this part of what's going on, a restoration <laughs> of a brother or sister. So you're praying through it and saying, God, help us get through this. We bind on earth mm-hmm. what this thing is that's holding it captive, locking it down, and we're loosing heaven yep. to restore. And so now we're agreeing together. So th- those are the steps that, that Jared was talking about. And so I like, I like to think about, you know, God is a judge. So we, when you look at the legal system in America, we have a judge who cast down the sentence. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's God. And then we have our lawyer defending us. Who's our lawyer? Jesus. Jesus. He's he's our lawyer defending us. So when you look at that that legal set, setup, I mean, everything was formed in this country by the Bible. You know, it's just amazing to me how the Holy Spirit has guided every law, every uh, step that we're supposed to take, and people don't see that. And they're trying to undo but it. We are, not, we are not to judge people, but we are supposed to, in love, call a brother's sin or a sister's sin out, try to restore. But ultimately within the church, if you're living actively, which means you're not trying to change, right? You cannot serve in the church. Yeah. When there's a, and again, there's a different, maybe I'm beating a dead horse here, but we're not to judge sinners because they don't understand grace, salvation yet. Anyways, they don't have it. We're to judge each other and hold the church accountable and hold ourselves accountable. And it's why it's so important to find your group. To where you can have somebody to kick you in the pants when you need it and say, hey, get your act together. I think we need to make one clarification there with the not judging sinners. It's more of not judging unbelievers. Because unbelievers. They, Fair enough. Because Fair enough. They're, they're under a different 
um, their their God is different. Good point. Good point. Thinners, thinners. So I'll I, judge you later. Uh, first off, the <laughs> it's the lisp. <laughs> thinners. Uh, first off, this section of scripture I read from before was Romans chapter seven. Romans is an awesome book, by the way. The whole Bible is an awesome book. Plug for the Bible. Like, Where share, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, does, does the second Bible, off, does the Bible have still its, the number one selling book? Does it have its own YouTube channel and most stolen, from what I understand? It, most what? Most stolen. Yeah. So uh, wow, that's wild. Yeah, crazy concept. That may have just been something somebody made up, but you know, sixty <laughs> percent of stats are made up on the spot. I thought it was eighty-seven percent of the time they are made up on the spot. <laughs> I mean, Abraham Lincoln story. said that about the internet. So I've got two. Th- <laughs> <laughs> oh, love you guys. All right. Yeah. So two things. One, I've been in a position where I've been had had to be held accountable by by a fellow believer, and it wasn't easy. It was very difficult for that person. It was very difficult for me going through that, and I was in a leadership position at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, for that period of time, I was pulled away from that leadership position due to the guy's authority that was running the show. And he's like, look, man, we need to talk about this and we need to get this figured out. And then I know, you know, but we've got to go through this because that's what we do as believers. So really, really hard time for, it was a short period of time, but it was enough for me to be like, okay, the authority of scripture, no matter how I tried to find a loophole was the authority of scripture. And it, it just, it's so important for us to go through that. And it was a very humbling experience. I still don't like thinking about it. I still don't like facing that reality, but it's hard to say the dude was wrong because he wasn't. So, so let me ask you when, when that, when that occurred, did he just say you need to leave this leadership position and then leave you alone? Or did he <coughs> no, help was, mentor you? It was in love. It was through mentorship. So, so that's the other thing that I don't know that we mentioned, but that's something that has to occur is when, when we have to, it's a restoration of a brother mm-hmm. or a sister. Um, but like when, when we're restor- when, when we're restoring people in the, in the church, it's not condemn them for what they're doing and move them on and let them fend for themselves in the wild. It, we're supposed to, to help come beside of them and love and mentor them and minister. Oh, yeah. right? yep. Reconciliation is the gospel narrative. <laughs> we are broken people separated I'm from, from God and through Christ we are reconciled to God. That's right, that's Paul. the that's the key that's the key foundation to our our salvation that, to our belief system is hope and reconciliation. So uh, the last thing I want to get at is First Corinthians chapter five, and I'm going to read the whole thing. It's like twelve verses, but it hits this, and it's specific to this. So I can hardly believe the report about sexual morality going on among you, something that even pagans don't do. I'm told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You're so proud of yourselves, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame. And you should remove this man from your fellowship. Even though I'm not with you in person, I'm with you in the spirit. And as though I were here, I've already passed judgment on this man in the name of the Lord Jesus. You must call a meeting of the church. I will present you with the spirit and I will be present with you in spirit. And so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed. And he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. It continues. Your boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast by removing this wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us, so let us celebrate the festival, not with old bread of wickedness and evil, but with new bread of sincerity and truth. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. 
But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it's certainly your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scripture says, you must remove the evil person from among you. That's good. So Paul was dealing with people that was fornicating with their stepmothers 2,000 years ago. People are people, man. And <laughs> it, evil hasn't changed. <laughs> but And I think that's the essence of the church. We're people. We're all going to do the same dumb things. All of our kids, we all have different kids. They all do the same dumb things. Mm-hmm. And they do that independent of them talking to one another. It's our nature. Yeah. So we have to go receive this outside source, Holy Spirit, and we have to defer to an outside authority. And when I say that, outside of me, I'm corrupt. I'm broken. My logic yeah, you is have going no logic. to contradict anything else. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. <laughs> so and you shared a story about how it, uh, you were confronted and it was you know restored in love, and that, that's the right way to do it. The, I very rarely felt church pain like church family pain and i thought yeah that i won't let people bother me that way and the one time the only time it's happened it hurt it's like mm, just wow my approach is typically i'm fire and brimstone fight back immediately tenfold this is the one time my gut check was no now i have to show more love and grace because i i didn't feel that i was receiving it so i've i've had uh, a conversation that was in front of five or six people and it was a meeting and it was a big deal and it's, you know, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, I have, and it's, it's out of the blue almost. It's like I had never had a one-on-one conversation with the person mm-hmm. that was supposedly offended. So now I have to keep reminding myself when this is going on is just wait, just wait. Cause I'm here, all these opinions and ideas. And I'm like, Holy spirit, I'm not saying a word until you tell me to say something. Cause if I do, I'm going to go the exact opposite direction. And, you would probably do your normal nuclear warfare. And oh, yeah. Theater. Like, yeah. oh, well, if that was a problem then, well, why didn't you do blah, blah, blah? And then that's not the way to handle it because that's not going to have a good resolution. Um, but my the I did remind them, like, well, the next time this happens, this needs to be one-on-one first. I would extend that grace to you. I'd, I would appreciate that in return. But we can still get down to the whatever the bottom of this is. And, I mean, nothing other than that conversation really – there was no outcome. People went their own ways and I went my way and we've moved on and everything's been good since then. But it, if it wasn't for grace and being listening to the Holy spirit and being in tune with what he wanted me to do, that that could have went really sour really quick. Oh yeah. And that's, that's been evident and probably in a scenario in each and every one of our lives. Mm-hmm. I just, I told you guys a story this morning. If I'd have let my, my sin nature say what I wanted to say and, and maybe even do what I wanted to do the outcome could have been bad for everyone, you know, uh, but, but God, you but got, God. you just got to take a moment and pause and, and pray and say, help me to deal with this. And then it, there's a quick resolution. So the main thing is when you're talking about someone coming to you, it's not easy. Well, just because we're Christians doesn't make life easy. Just because we have the outline of, just because we have the outline of, <laughs> start over from the beginning. Nothing. <laughs> we heard some of it. Missed it all. 
<laughs> tough. Just because we have the outline doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Wow, that's so much clearer. So you have to. When you so talk clear. in the microphone. <laughs> so when he does, you just keep interrupting. <laughs> what about that Zen nature that you want to smack Zen somebody nature. in the mouth? God is good. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a. So let's let's keep going down the rabbit hole just because I think this is a good good topic. So you have that conversation. I'm pausing. And I'm praying that I don't say what I want to say. Say it. And flip this table over everyone. <laughs> no, please don't I mean, flip. they're not going to catch it. Don't flip the table. There's so much technology that's semi Secondhand and things. found in a closet somewhere. Um, this actually was in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in tune. Um, so the restoration process. Let's, let's skip to the out. end. And that leader who was struggling has been rehabilitated. I've I've heard this both ways, and I'd like to get your guys' opinion. Can that person go back into a position of leadership? I don't see why not. It's covered under the blood. Mm-hmm. As long as rehabilitation happened and the sin's not continuing. Right. Yep. Um, and, and I'll give an example. There was, I, I, I won't name the, the place, um, but there is a church, and you may know a little bit more than this, who doesn't accept people who have been divorced or in adultery to serve on a board or as a deacon even though that sin is in the past i personally disagree with that i think if they've been rehabilitated and they 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 show that that progress is being made they can go back into that position whatever position the lord places them in because my thought process is david my thought process is the crap situation i got handed i was i got divorced and i when it first happened i punished myself for it I grew up in a church where divorce was something that if it happens, then you are ostracized. Mm-hmm. And I got divorced and I fought it for a year. And that honestly made it worse in the long run. But coming over the realization that I did everything I could to preserve the marriage. And I I have to be covered by the grace of God to move forward. Like, why should I punish myself and stop myself from participating in the life that I now have with my current wife because my ex-wife decided to go do the stuff that she decided to do. I didn't leave the marriage, but just because I was got divorced, does that mean I'm not allowed to be a leader in the church? No. I mean, you just look at all the examples in the Bible of bad men being used by God. Yeah. I mean, what if, what if God said, oh, I'm sorry, Saul, at the time. You're bad. I can't. I can't use you. I got to use someone perfect. Yeah, he was literally yeah. murdering people. Well, again, right. go back to David. I mean, he adultery killed, murdered the guy on the on the front lines. Yeah. And, and what's king of Israel? What's God say about him? That he's a man after his own heart. Yeah. Right. Yep. And blessed generations because of him, and it's because of what was in his heart. We because of because of Adam and Eve, we've all we're, we've all fallen short. Mm-hmm. And repentance is a, an amazing thing. It is, and and the the difference between David and and Saul was Saul when he was presented when when the prophet presented to him the the, the problem that he had instead of repenting Saul continued further and got more angry. David was like, "Oh shoot, you're right. I need to stop. Sorry, Lord." And then went and did a did a repentance sacrifice and 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 moved on and never did that again. I think it was right after that. And then on top of that, ahead, sorry. like the the lady he had a, he had an affair with, ended up giving birth to Solomon, mm-hmm. who was the wisest man who ever lived, the richest man who ever lived, 
and built a temple to God. Even more important, and this is this is a huge takeaway: Solomon and Bathsheba are in the lineage of Christ. Right. Yes. So Rahab is another example of, in the historical context where Rahab was a harlot, and God used Rahab to lower the dudes outside the walls. And Rahab is also in the lineage of Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Rahab's section of the wall is the only wall part of Jericho that didn't fall. That the story when you these are things I didn't start correlating until I was a much more mature Christian, where you see the story. Don't start that. Much more mature. Man, I hate you. That's guys. great timing on it. <laughs> okay. The way you guys looked at each other, it was like simultaneous. Well, when you have so much practice of somebody saying something so stupid. Well, when when Andy says mature. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So mature in what I understand. Okay. Not necessarily evoke. <laughs> well, I was hoping we get 45 minutes out of this. If this yep. keeps going, we will. Man. <laughs> So the the entire Old Testament narrative feeds into the story of Christ. And these two examples that we talk about, Rahab and Solomon, Rahab, Bathsheba, and David, those stories are tied into the lineage. When you look at the first chapter of Matthew, you break down the lineage, and the people that are listed throughout the entire Old Testament are foundational to the story of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. And to bring that back, back to the house, you guys talk about how David went through, <clears throat> he had to go through the, what was the ritual you talked about? The the sacrifice so that he could be absolved of that sin and continue moving life. The impacts of that sin still completely destroyed his life. Mm-hmm. If you read about his life, his kids were rejecting him. His kids were usurping his throne. Spent two years of a, a smear campaign before the dude finally took the throne and David lost his throne for two years or something like that. And then eventually came back and he uh, lamented his son who had died and one of the and actually killed the soldier that killed his son Absalom who was stuck in the tree. We know that story. But then in the New Testament, the thing that kind of got me over that reconciliation piece was the inclusion of Christ. The Old Testament, David had to do a sacrifice. When Christ came, the the motivation I had for my own internal processing was the woman at the well. The mm-hmm. woman at the well comes up and Christ is like, no, you've had four husbands, five husbands, and the guy you're living with now isn't your husband. Go and sin no more. Right. And this woman becomes an advocate for the gospel spreading in Samaria where Jews were not accepted in the first place. And Christ spent three days there ministering to these people. And when he left, they were all believers. So the power of Christ, despite sin and having the ability to forgive and move forward in reconciliation of repeated sins, that's the gospel message, man. Well, let's let's clarify the repeated sin is covered if you have repeated yes. repentance mm-hmm. and, and wanting t- the desire to change. Correct. So the, the restoration question, well, I, I don't want to say you're wrong. I was no, just no, saying no. so people, because that's where people get this grace message all confused. Yep. You know, that's honestly, that's where the Catholic belief system comes. They can just kind of be willy-nilly throughout the week, and then they go to confession. It's kind of washed away. In a sense, if you go for real confession, and, and but you don't have to go to a priest, you go straight to the Father now. But back to the restoration thing. What's the time limit? You know, I don't no, think there is one. There, uh, right, that's where I'm going with it. It's it's got to be the leaders of the church being led by the Holy Spirit. You know, to for that discernment to say, okay, Bob is fully restored now. Uh, he can maybe go back into ministry here or go back to serving here. I don't think you throw him right back in and under supervision, of course. Right, you don't throw him right back into their old position. You don't throw him in right away just because they say, "Yep, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm no longer living in this sin." I'm glad you're saying you're sorry. I'm glad you're saying whatever, but it's 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 got to be 
There's got to be some time, type of be discernment. Well, we use the phrase lifestyle sin too in, in some things. There are some sins that are like, okay, I did a sin. It's it's one and done. But then we're talking about homosexuality here where that's a right. lifestyle choice sin and sure. you are choosing to perpetually live in a state of sin. Right. Where you Like I'm not doing it wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things is to, to to kind of tie this all together with some of the conversations we've been having about the end times, the rapture, and and, and, and the tribulation period, is the the sins that you don't ask for forgiveness for and and be repentant of. Those are the ones you're going to have to give answer for in heaven and at the at the bema seat. And um, not that unbeliever or not the believers aren't going to make it to heaven if they've got some of these sins that aren't covered by the blood. But you have to give answer for every idle word that you get, that you had and every sin that you committed that isn't covered under the blood. So I don't know why this is going to lead me there, but I'm going to ask it. What? Were any final thoughts on restoration and, and the question that was asked? Because I mean, I, I like what you said there, but uh, it's leading me somewhere else. I think we've covered that enough. Once saved, always saved. What's your thoughts? Oh, jeez, nope. man! No. I know it, this is a deep one. We don't have to dive too far into it, but it's it, we'll just go high level. We have free will to pull away from the faith, and there are a lot of people. I mean, even recently, we've we've seen a lot of folks that are worship leaders at major churches that have denounced their faith and, and called it fake and, and, and this and that and, and several pastors that have and um, and if if the unpardonable sin wasn't a reality it wouldn't be in the Bible mm-hmm. and so yeah you can I mean look at the angels um, Satan at one point was Lucifer who was the anointed cherub who some believe was building the new Jerusalem in heaven and was, for lack of a better term, one of God's favorites or felt like he was one of God's favorite angels. Mm-hmm. And pride rose up inside of him and he fell. Right. And he took a third of heaven with him. Yep. So once saved, always saved is, is not because even the angels have free will. And we have free will to walk away from the faith if we wanted to walk away from the faith. So then the follow-up to that would be, were you truly saved? I believe you could have been. I mean, I think they, I think so Jared I said it, the angels. I mean, they, they were angels. They, they were they the were first created in heaven. Beings. Yeah, they were. So I'll give you a personal example of why I asked that. Uh, this got brought up a couple weeks ago, but uh, maybe a month ago now. But when I was 15, I think I shared a story about going to the revival with my, my aunt. I got saved. Um, maybe a year after that, I was called to minister and to teach. And then I was 17, 18 when I moved up here and went to college. And couldn't didn't drive didn't have a car at the time didn't go to church anymore slowly every day read less and less in my bible prayed less and less in my bible and lo- just drifted off that's a different scenario so and it was years before i returned right that's a different scenario that's a that's a prodigal son type scenario where you did return um but you were not the, the unpardonable sin is where you you've tasted all of the gifts of the spirit you've been in a, a in a position of leadership in the church you've you've been in, in in some of these some of these areas and you have consciously and spiritually made that decision I no longer want to follow Jesus anymore I think it's a farce this other religion is better so that's a whole different that's a whole different thing yeah 
true though but if if the prodigal son would have died before coming back and asking for forgiveness and restoration i don't believe he's entering into heaven that's where i was going with this so yeah I, I agreed because but. i was saved 25 times was a kid from age eight, <laughs> yeah. eight years old to 16 because they were you know topical mm-hmm. you know topical coat savings you know emotional and I, I tried to live right for a few days but then eh, you know I, i'm not proud of that but in college i was not a good person so if if i would have died in college i wouldn't have been in heaven so i, I agree with you there's differences mm-hmm denouncing your faith. I never denounced my faith. I actually told people what I believed mm-hmm. while being stupid in, in, in college. Like I, I know I would, if I died today, I wouldn't be going to heaven. So, so I, I appreciate this conversation. It's a great question. Way to go down a different rabbit hole there. Completely. I, well, I thought we wrapped that up pretty well. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I grew up very strongly believing that like, if you are become wayward, then game over, man. It's just it's just not not happening. But then as I grew up in my faith, let's not talk about mature. As I began to understand scripture, I started listening to scripture. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to use that as the foundation for my thought process on this. God knows that we are sinners. And we are only purified through Christ. I'm not saying that this is a blanket statement. But I feel like we have a tendency to impose extra judgment on ourselves over the standard that we have been given. The very fact that as believers, we have said, that is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, and I believe him to be Jesus Christ, is what separates us from every other religion and faith in this world. And just by declaring the name of Christ from our lips, that puts us into a separate group of people. Now, this is a conversation I've had with my dad off and on, the whole once saved, always saved concept. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we're thinking about this concept of being saved differently. The blasphemy of the scripture that J-Rod's talking about is in fact the antith- antithesis of what I just said. Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I don't care about who Jesus is. That's blaspheming the scripture. Right. But when we say, yes, I believe in Jesus, but because I'm so weak, my sinful nature stops me from following his dictates and what makes a good Christian versus a bad Christian... What makes you a Christian? What makes you a believer? Yeah. What makes us part of this group of people? It's the belief in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Now, who are we to pass judgment on someone who proclaims the name of Christ? And no matter what sin it is, and no matter what denomination. And I open that up for conversation, not to say that this is 100% the only perspective to have. But it's the foundation, man. It's what makes us Christians. So I've known people who, on fire for God, fell away, became atheists, come back. So, and I, I mean, I, I have an idea of what the scripture says about that, but is so we proclaim God. We no longer believe in God, so we deny that power, but Christ brings us back. How is that not the unpardonable? 
That's a theological question. Yeah, we'll dive into that. But so dive, we'll dive into that one. But it's always it's interesting to see. It, it seems like it's again we're going to talk about that needle in the camel again. It's easier to notice someone else's sin than ours. You like that, didn't you? Um, and Go back a few episodes. If to get we the keep reference. pointing out someone yeah. else's you gotta sin, you got to be a loyal subscriber. When do we start putting about. that magnifying glass on ourselves? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought about again Saul. He was he was murdering Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, he was. I mean, if that's not against Jesus, I don't know who who would have been. But Saul wasn't a Christian before. He was a Jew. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I don't know if if you if you know the Lord, then you say, and now I'm an atheist. I do believe in the forgiveness power. So, I, I do believe in the blood, but that's that's a tough theological question. So, right so one, one of the comments that may co- that, that may pop up if someone makes it this far into the episode, please is um, <laughs> like and like subscribe and share. Share. Need to redo the graphic to put that share in it. Just make that formal from yeah, now on. We're on trademark that um, too. Absolutely. But one of, one of the verses that may pop up is in, in Matthew where um, where Jesus says that uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and have in, in thy name have we not cast out devils and in thy name haven't we done wonderful works there's uh the that that verse tends to confuse a lot of people on on what's the meaning of that verse and that verse isn't those of us that are layman christians that this verse is particularly referring to ministers and leaders into the church so that's kind of where where it goes into people that that profess the name of Jesus but in their hearts they don't believe or they're doing something contrary to what they're preaching and teaching with with their their flocks their their congregation mm-hmm. and, and their followers so that kind of goes into it a little bit too in that um, those of us that we're hold to different standards based on the office we hold within within the body of Christ mm-hmm. ministers mm-hmm. teachers of the word get held to a much higher standard on what they're preaching and teaching and what they're living outside of outside of when they're in front of their their congregation I mean, even even us on this podcast i mean i don't know that we really went into this kind of wanting to be teachers but we we really are teachers of the word with with 90 subscribers and hundreds of people that that, that watch the video we're trying to 90, get to 91 subscribers 91 a forced one guy to subscribe, but um, it will force you to. <laughs> but we, 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 we are held. allowed to use a soundtrack right now. And insert applause. <laughs> Hit it. No, he but, said he hates it. But we, we, we are held. We are held to to a different standard too. We are held to a different standard, but being freed from sin and obeying righteousness is not automatic. It involves a struggle. Galatians 5.17 describes it. The flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. And that, that's, I think that's the separation, you know, uh, Andy was kind of alluding to what's, what separates us as Christians and, and believers in Jesus. I mean, people can say they believe in Jesus, that he died and rose and is now at the right hand of the Father, all that stuff, but they don't, they're not striving to be righteous. And, and, and some of that's also the maturity in, in, in Christ. 
um, if if you're still a baby Christian, the you're, you're going to do things that you don't know are are bad. Um, there there was a story to where there was a um, there was a lady who had just given her heart to the Lord, and um, she got up and and was all proud about how a couple weeks before she goes, I just gave my heart to the Lord. I went home and. And told my boyfriend before we went to bed, and mm-hmm. the the pastor was like, "Well, wait a minute. She she's saved. She's not fully redeemed yet." And uh, <laughs> and yeah, th- she didn't know that that was not, lack of a better word, kosher. That uh-huh. wasn't something that 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 <clears throat> grieved the spirit of God yet because she wasn't mature in her yeah. in her walk. She's, and, it's going to take her time to get there. And and, and, and some some things that we do as baby Christians. God will overlook us because we we don't have that maturity yet, and there, there's there's a lot of things that look, look at our children. There's a lot of things that they do. We as ma- well, hopefully mature adults. Mage. Um, would <laughs> um, would look at and say, "No, that you, you can't do that." And that's our job to correct them and and keep them pointed in the right right direction. And the Holy Spirit will do that with with baby christians as well yeah but they've got to be fed more than just milk too and that's that's another misunderstood uh verse in the bible when you know now jesus does love all the children and he's but when when the in that verse where jesus is saying anyone who denies a child is talking about baby christians it's better for them to have a millstone tied around their neck and that's talking about baby christians and so for that for that minister to say whoa, whoa you can't you're not supposed to say that He's not wrong, but he shouldn't have said that because he's, you know, he's denying the ability of the Holy Spirit. Because once there are people that have been saved and been delivered of cussing or drinking or whatever, like on the spot. I was going to ask you, you know, to share that story uh, with me. Did you have, I thought it was you said you knew someone who was saved and immediately stopped cussing after cussing like a sailor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then they still well, have He was a sailor. Habits. I won't mention names, but an old man, very lovable from our church. He cussed like a sailor because he was a sailor. So if you know who I'm talking about, you know. But uh, he was delivered from it immediately. But one thing he wasn't delivered from was uh, it was either snuff or tobacco. So we'll just say, or uh, chewing tobacco. But uh, so the Holy Spirit can change you immediately. Change Paul immediately. Downloaded the, the Bible and the Word right into his brain, like Matrix style, immediately. I'll take that. But oh, I know. I, but, mean, uh, I, I, I know someone that... Um, that was addicted to cigarettes and addicted to alcohol. And when she got saved instantly, it was all gone. She into this day. And she's been saved for a long time to this mm-hmm. day. She's never had a, a craving for it. And that's, like and that's the cigarettes. power and that's the power of the Holy spirit. But just the reason we brought this up listeners is, is just simply because you can, you can become a Christian and not be perfect immediately, but it's up to the Holy spirit to convict you to change. You you're on the path of righteousness. You're on the path. Everybody looks like they want to say something. <laughs> Go Keep ahead. going. You're just, I'm just saying that yeah. you don't, you're not, you're, no one's good. There's, there's not good in us. We have a sin nature. We were born into sin, so we're not good. So just come to Jesus the way you come are. And he'll, he'll fix you the way he'll he, fix you. We're bad people. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. You need to get rid of the boyfriend or you need to quit doing this or you need to quit doing What'd that. You no, no, no. Jared for? <laughs> he just looks like he would. <laughs> He's that soft masculine type. Thinners. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to encourage people to, I don't care what is in your life. Just take it to Jesus the way you are. Amen. And he'll take care of it from there. Whack. You need Jesus. 
All right, we'll start wrapping up unless everybody's want one final thought to throw in on that. So looping back to the beginning, uh, Matthew chapter 7, do not judge others and you will not be judged. This is another one that's taken out of context. You continue reading, for you, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. That's what the, that last little blurb right there is the essence of the first part. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. So whenever we independently, if I'm judging you for doing whatever thing that you're doing, well, you smoke tobacco, you're thinner, you're going to hell. Guess what? If I smoke tobacco on the judgment throne, I'm condemning myself. Mm-hmm. So that I read this message or this, this particular verse as an incentive to sit back and allow people to experience their walk on their own and be an advocate for them turning to Christ and letting him be the judge. And we have a tendency as people to put things in black and white categories. This is right. This is wrong. And you mentioned some with, with a handful, like the smoking, drinking, cussing, that type right, of right. stuff. But I believe that in so doing that, what we're doing is establishing a standard that we are expecting ourselves to stand by. And if we hold other people to that standard, guess what? Now that becomes the that becomes the, the test for which we ourselves are judged. Go fix it. Go make it right. The Sorry I held you to that standard. <laughs> So the standard, you know, the great thing about God is he always gives us the tools and he gives us the standard. So that was Matthew 7, what you, re- what you read, and the standard in which we judge, so also will be judged. So now that we know the standard in, in chapter 15, mm-hmm. that's how we're supposed to do it in love. And it's not going to be easy, but you, that's so going back to the beginning of this whole question conversation. There's biblical standards and there's also biblical process because God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. Follow God's order. Restoration will happen. It might not be in the time frame in which you desire it to be, but it'll 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 happen. Well, that's awesome. I didn't even plan that second question. It just kind of hit me, and I'm glad we did because there's a lot of interesting thought processes on that. So if you did, honestly, I'd love to hear from people. If you made it this far, they'll comment out if you agree, disagree, just so we can have an actual conversation about it. Um, continue to like share subscribe I think we just hit 90 and we're grateful for all those wonderful 90 91. people 91 thank you and um, yeah, Ryan said that a little earlier and we're trying to get to he doesn't listen to trying him. to get to no. 100 no I hurt him but it's not official you hurt him 91 was forced well it went away so he unforced it um, did he unsubscribe uh oh go get him Call him right now. I will. He did. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe you judged too quick. Uh. <laughs> you offended somebody. There's your standard. Mm-hmm. And then we're still uh, going on. We're going to have Dr. Philip Richards uh, on the show here soon. Uh, we're still giving away his book. Just give us a comment. That's yeah, how you enter the drawing. Uh, it's free. Jared, tell us a little bit about the book. So it, it, it's a. <laughs> All right, Vanna. Um, Oh my so god! Just <laughs> I don't know why I called him when he was late. Uh, yeah, I know, right? She just left him at home. Um, it's 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 a fantastic book. He spent a long time writing it. Um, and uh, my gosh, that just killed Andy. Wow. He's drinking pinkies out <laughs> out of a thermos. Um, and and the book the book goes over basically God's redemptive redemptive plan in Redemptive-ness? the Bible. 
from from the start of in Genesis all the way to Revelations, and uh, and he did use it and, and wants to use it as as more of a textbook. So um, I think there's like thirty some pages of bibliography in the back. So he did a tremendous amount of research on it, and there's a a wonderful um, plethora of information in here to to help you maybe go through and dig a little bit deeper into your studies. Um, hits on some pretty pretty big topics of the, the creation to the the nephilim and 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 what what their their role was in the pre-flood and and uh, hit some some really big topics. So yeah, I, I can't wait to dive in and ask him questions. If Where? you guys have questions you would like for us to ask, throw them in the comments. We'll ask them. Uh, that'll be a two three part. Can people get this on Amazon or can yeah? They get so you, else? you can you can buy it digitally through Amazon and iBooks. Um, you can get it in physical copy through Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, um, and then off the publisher's website, which I think is Axiom. Uh, we'll throw that up on the so. on the video. The good news is it is not from China. It is not from China. It is, China and it's a it, China. It, it's a fantastic book. I finished it last week. Uh, Six hundred and thirty some page cover to cover gasp of, uh it, it 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 was a long read but there is so much information oh in it and if you really want to get beyond the milk and you're walking christ <laughs> that's going to be the is book it available read. in audio so ibooks you can listen to the audio oh, of it. apple <laughs> <laughs> nick's the only one that doesn't have an iphone yeah he, he's a green text bubble person which is really annoying. Ridiculous. I can't even read in green. Here's a plug for Signal. Signal's read. a great app. Signal is a great app. <laughs> Signal brings everyone together. Signal. Bring us home, Nikki. All right. So Don't make yell. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about us, go to our website at mkdutalk.com right there. Andy's showing you where it's at right there at I the bottom. I that up, Water River. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> There's so much used closet technology on this table. <laughs> If you'd like to send us a message, uh, <laughs> shoot us up at our email at mkdutalk at gmail.com. Pew, 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 it's down there. It's down there at the bottom, buddy. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Do it quicker. <laughs> Close this out. Hit the music. Hit the music. Uh, make sure we share and like and subscribe at all of our social media platforms. So for the Yes Man, Jared, for Triple A, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> which stands for always absent Andy, which he was this morning until we called him. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the coach, Ryan, of course, our host, Josh, and I am Nick for Mountaineer Kingdom Dude Talk, Real Men, Manly Talk. Everyone.